Ponce! Hello! You're listening to Achimowin on CJSR 88.5 FM, located in the city of Edmonton, which is on Treaty 6 territory, as well as Region 4 of the Métis Nation. This is a traditional gathering place for the Cree, Blackfoot, Nakota Sioux, Iroquois, Dene, Anishinaabe, Inuit, and others to whom we pay our respects and thanks. My name is Shayna Giles, and I'm of Métis descent. My pronouns are they, them. This week on Achimowin, we'll start by going through some recent news before we jump into our feature interview this week. This week, I spoke with Jake Hendy, the CEO of the Alberta Indigenous Games and the Executive Director for the Indigenous Sports Council of Alberta, about the 2021 Alberta Indigenous Games, coming up this August 12th to 19th. We talked about the history of the games, the sports and how to register, and the benefits that sports can provide to Indigenous youth, especially after a year-long pandemic. But before we get into our feature interview this week, let's get into the news. This first story might be distressing to you. It discusses residential schools in central Alberta and the lives lost there. Please tune out for the next minute or so if you'd like to avoid hearing about this. Earlier this month, the Métis Nation of Alberta's St. Albert chapter, Métis Local 1904, announced that they would be applying for federal and provincial funding to look into the land near former residential schools in the area, including the St. Albert Uville Residential School, which operated from 1863 to 1948, and Métis Riverlot 56, which is a designated natural area located outside what is now Poundmakers Lodge, the Indigenous Treatment Centre. That search would involve the use of ground-penetrating radar. Métis Local 1904 has also been in talks with the City of St. Albert because some of the areas they'd like to search using the radar are scheduled to be construction sites in the near future. Métis Local 1904 will also be enlisting the help of Professor Keisha Supernon out of the University of Alberta. No results on this search yet, but it's likely that we'll be hearing the results of it in the future. The Royal Alberta Museum has a new exhibit, Breathe, that's running until October 11th. Breathe, Creating Resilience Through Traditional Art, is a result of the Breathe Project, a community of Indigenous and non-Indigenous artists that sprung up during the first semi-lockdown of the pandemic, back in March of 2020. Breathe features 45 unique, traditional face masks created by artists, including one by Cristaletti, who I interviewed in a previous episode of Achimowin. The masks are beautiful and intricate, made from a variety of materials, and each of them are just fantastic to look at. The exhibit is multi-platform, so you can view all the masks online, or you can visit the museum and look at them in person. You can find out more about Breathe and view the masks by going to royalalbertamuseum.ca slash breathe. Again, this exhibit is running until October 11th, so you've got plenty of time to make a visit or check it out online. This next item isn't news per se, but it is something that I wanted to share with you. Edmonton's Center for Race and Culture is looking for donations from the public for the Nehio Language Program. It's previously been taught by Reuben Quinn, and was previously funded by the Heritage Fund, which means that they have to reapply for that funding every year. They're asking for donations so that they can have the stability and assurance needed to offer the program again this fall. 
While I haven't personally attended the classes, I've watched some of the videos of Ruben's teachings on the Amiskwichi History Series YouTube channel in the History of the Cree Language Part 1 and Part 2, which was very informative and very fun to listen to, so I recommend you check that out if you have a chance. Again, that's on the Amiskwichi History Series YouTube channel, and the videos are the History of the Cree Language Part 1 and the History of the Cree Language Part 2. So if you've got an extra bit of cash kicking around, please consider donating to the Center for Race and Culture's Nehiyo Language Program. To learn more about donating, you can check out the Center for Race and Culture on their Twitter, at CFRAC underscore YEG, or on their website, CFRAC.com. So that's it for the news this week. Up next, we've got an upcoming event and our feature interview because we're speaking with Jake Handy, the executive director for the Indigenous Sport Council of Alberta and the CEO and games manager for the Alberta Indigenous Games, which are going to be held in Edmonton from August 12th to 19th. I spoke with Jake about all things Alberta Indigenous Games, including the history of the games, the sports, and how to register, as well as the role that sports can play in community. So without further ado, let's get right into the interview. My name is Jake Hendy. I'm the CEO for the Alberta Indigenous Games and Games Manager. I've been with the games since 2014. I, I can get more detail of how I got into it, but just as an intro, I'm the executive director for the Indigenous Sport Council of Alberta, which is the provincial sporting body that creates physical, mental, emotional, spiritual health and wellness for Indigenous people of Alberta through sport, physical activity, and recreation. And I love it. Proud husband and father of five kids. And I have 13 all the way down to a newborn and so we have one from each stage it's it's fun times and my Cree nickname is Magitun uh, those that speak Cree out there Magitun it's uh it means uh big mouth <laughs> <laughs> and I was in northern Manitoba working with a lot of indigenous families and I do all the talking and at the end they'd always say Kita Magitun and I was like what does that mean after eight months they're like Gita means you are, and, and Magitun is big mouth, because <laughs> to his mouth and Magi, but yeah. So I get talking a lot sometimes. Tell me a little bit about the Alberta Indigenous Games. In 2009 or 10, the North American Indigenous Games is a major event that the U.S., Native Americans, you know, from different states travel to, and then in Canada, First Nation, Métis, and Inuit, they'll go and represent the different provinces and territories. That got canceled. And so the Alberta Indigenous Games founder, whose name was Alan Ross, um, he was approached about putting together a games in Alberta for the youth so that they can always have something to look forward to. So in 2011, he started the Alberta Indigenous Games and there was about 300 youth that came out. And then um, in 2013, uh, held the games again and had 400 youth out. And then in 2014, in November, I was volunteering at my daughter's school. I uh, saw this guy there. I started speaking Cree to him and he was like taken back. Anyways, he was surprised. And then uh, we, he knew my father-in-law who was um, straighter crowfoot. He was chief of Siksika for five terms. He's the direct descendant of Chief Crowfoot that signed the Treaty 7. He knew him, and so he invited me to come on the board. I came, did that. 2015 games, we had just 100, 500 youth out, and um, it was great. Uh, however, our founder, uh, Alan, he'd passed away a few months after. 
And, um, you know, his vision for the games, he loved it because he loved seeing the smiles on the kids' faces. He loved giving them that opportunity. And he always had a goal to get over a thousand youth that one day get a thousand youth. And so after he passed, there was about six months where our president, Martha Campu, she's from Drift Pile. She's amazing. She was looking for someone to take over for Alan and couldn't find anybody because we basically, we had no money and nobody wanted to work for no cost, you know, to not get paid. And so the games were about to shut down and I was like the last resort option. Martha's like, Jake, you're diligent board member and I, I at that time I was selling I was in sales working six months out of the year 60 hours a week like just crazy but I had off in the winters a little bit and she's a sales lady herself with her crafts and so she's like hey do you want to try this out <laughs> give it a go she's like I'll help guide you and steer you and mentor you I was like sure let's do this because it's important to me it's always been a passion to create opportunities for uh, indigenous youth and to know the little things you know, that's important to me. And so I was like, all right, let's do this. And so then we added some different marketing strategies uh, through Facebook, targeting different audiences, learned to write grants, met different municipal officials and chiefs and leaders and put it together in 2017. After a lot of hard work, we ended up having over 1100 youth come out. So it doubled. So that was awesome. Everyone wanted to have it the next year. They didn't want to wait two years. And so we were like, well, we don't have much funding but we can do a smaller version because we're a nonprofit. We don't get any core funding from anybody. And so we put down a smaller version where we just did five sports instead of the 10, but we still had 900 the next year. And so then in 2019, we had over 2000, almost 2,100 youth out in 2019. We had, I think 11 sports. It was amazing. I introduced myself to university college coaches in Alberta. A lot of them came, recruited the kids. They loved it. And it was really, really special. And then 2020, we would have had over 3,000 we were projected. And then the pandemic hit. We kind of just pushed pause. Now we're pushing play, um, but we're getting ready for the games. We are so excited. Everyone's so excited. We're going to have probably two to 3,000 participants. So who can participate in the games? Yeah. Uh, so any Indigenous people, ages, uh, we have the birth years on there, but it basically nine up to 22 and normally do 21, but because of pandemic, we allowed for those kids that would have had one last year to participate. Any First Nation, Métis, Inuit, non-status First Nation, they can participate. They just have to, when they register, it's really simple. It's not paperwork. It's We designed it so they can be done from your phone or computer. You just click on the link. If you want to register a team, you click on the link and you'll get the um, team registration. You don't have to know all the players' names right away. You can add that in later, but just fill out the team link. Then we have the individual waiver form um, that they fill out. And if you're an individual, you can register and we'll put you on a team. Are there any deadlines for registration that people should keep in mind? Yeah, so our registration is July 31st. So you can register the best places on our Facebook page. We have a lot of registration links. We have it on our website as well. Uh, but yeah, it's just, we have multiple posts with the different posters. Please share, share, share. Every kid should have an opportunity to come to our games. It's huge. And especially with the pandemic, it's been really hard on a lot of communities and it, it gives them something positive to choose to do and to be a part. And they get to see other kids that look like themselves. I was interviewing some kids in the last games and they said, um, it's neat because us brown kids, we get a chance, you know, and, and we get to play with other people. You know, one of the stories I like 
to say is there, there's a team. I'm not going to say where the name, but they play in a, one of the major cities in Alberta, we'll say, a fast pitch softball for girls. And they play in it. And they're the only Indigenous team in the city, like one of the two major cities, Edmonton, Calgary, we'll just say. And they always win the city championships. They're always really, really good. And I was talking to the coach before in 2017, like, yeah, we're going to, we're going to win it all. I'm like, okay, we'll win our division. I'm like, awesome. There were five teams in their division and they got fourth place. <laughs> it just shows there's a lot of talent within our indigenous youth. It's really cool because our games provide an opportunity where a lot of kids have never been on an all indigenous team. Um, they've never been on an all, some have never even been on an organized team. Um, they live in their communities that are remote and never really had that opportunity, that chance. And so a lot of kids, it's their first time. A lot of kids, their first time on an all-Indigenous team. A lot of kids, their first time on an all-Indigenous team playing other all-Indigenous kids. And so it's a really special, unique opportunity. Because we have people from Dene Ta, which is 12 hours north of Edmonton, that come down. We have, um, you know, Pekani, Kainai down south by the border, everywhere in between. Yeah, it's pretty special. People coming from all over. You got Cree, you got Blackfoot, you got Stony, you got Sioux, you got Dene, Soto, you, you know... Inu, you have Inuit, you have people from Métis, you know, we have people from all over that, that participate in our game. So it's really fun. So what kind of sports and activities are part of the Alberta Indigenous Games? Normally we do archery and athletics and canoe and kayak, but we're doing those next year. What we're doing this year, we have basketball, which is our probably our biggest sport that people come out to. We have ball hockey, which is getting really competitive. That's growing a lot. Um, we have beach volleyball. We have cross country. We have baseball. We have fast pitch softball for girls. We have four team player scramble golf, soccer. We have volleyball. We have hand games and we have lacrosse. So 12 sports. And we're introducing hand games this year. We've never done it. We're introducing, oh, rugby. We got rugby sevens. So those are our sports. By the way, our opening ceremonies is on Thursday, August 12th. It's at West Edmonton Mall and throughout the mall. And then we're going to have it come in with the dignitaries on the ice palace. It's a grand entry. Everyone's going to be lined up behind like treaty, you know, seven, six and eight Métis nation of Alberta, Métis settlements, people that are from outside of Alberta that live in Alberta. will have those our friends that are outside of Alberta because we have people from Saskatchewan, some teams coming in. We even had a team from New Brunswick in 2019 come out Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We have basketball at Savile center in Edmonton. We have soccer at Rundle park. We have fast pitch softball at Gold Stick Park and uh, Rundle Park. And then we have lacrosse at Michael Cameron Arena and Tipton Arena. Sunday night will be the medal ceremonies at Rundle Park. We'll have a big stage there. Everyone get their medals. And then Monday is a really cool day because it's a day of trying out new sports. We've tried to get people to try new sports, but we always had it in conflict with the major sports like basketball, volleyball, fast pitch, you know, baseball, that. And so Monday we have the sports of lacrosse or not lacrosse, sorry, the sports of, uh, that used to be our tried out sport. And now it's grown so big, that, which is really cool because it's an indigenous sport and it's actually Canada's national summer sport. But Monday we have the hand games, Northern style that doesn't cost to submit a team. We have uh, cross country you can run in the morning. We have, um, it's just one race. So that's our only individual sport this year. In the past, like I said, we had athletics, like a full track and field event. We're just not doing it this year. And as well as archery and canoe kayak. But Monday we got hand games. We got beach volleyball at Rundle Park. Cross countries at Rundle Park. Hand games are at Rundle Park. And then rugby, sevens. We are so excited about rugby. Rugby is such a fun sport. Anyone can play rugby, no matter who you are. It's so fun. Rugby sevens, 
the Monday, no cost to register for rugby, beach volleyball, hand games, or cross country. Monday, we also have our team scramble golf. That's at Riverside Golf Course, 18 hole. That's going to be awesome. Four player best ball. It's co-ed. The other ones that are co-ed also is hand games, beach volleyball, rugby, and then soccer as, as well as lacrosse. And we have a competitive division for lacrosse too. Tuesday to Thursday, we got the sports of volleyball, co-ed ball hockey, and then um, baseball for boys. Uh, volleyball's at Savile Center. Baseball's at Collingwood Park. Ball hockey's at Michael Cameron Arena and Tipton Arena. Same as uh, lacrosse. So those are our sports. So we do a medal ceremonies Monday night for those Monday sports, as well as Thursday night for the Thursday sports. You're listening to a Chimawin on CJSR. I'm your summer host, Shayna Giles, speaking with Jake Hendy, the executive director for the Indigenous Sport Council of Alberta and the CEO and Games Manager for the Alberta Indigenous Games, which will be held this August 12th to 19th in Edmonton. Is there anything you're super excited about for this year's games? I'm just excited to see everybody. I'm excited for West Edmonton Mall, the opening ceremonies. Um, I'm going to give notes on the communities. We're having it broadcast on CFWE, I think it is, Windspeaker. It's going to be throughout all of Alberta. The opening ceremonies will be broadcast. So I'm going to give notes and, and I'm going to go in. They said that I can come in and talk with them and they're going to broadcast the opening ceremonies. So I'm going to give notes. So like, let's say Kai and I comes in. It's going to be like, oh, Kai and I is known for their basketball. They're really strong. And, you know, they won gold medal last year. You know, like they're really good. And and then we'll come in and saddle like, oh, they're really good at this. Or, you know, Muscogee's, they always send a big team. And so it's going to be like the Olympics. And they're going to come in with their banners, you know, their flags as they walk in and in the grand entry and radio will be covering it. So I'm really excited for that. And I'm so grateful for West Edmonton Mall for doing that. So grateful for City of Edmonton as a major sponsor covering all of our facilities for us. We would not be able to have this happen if it wasn't for them. West Ed, I think it's great to, to block off that whole ice palace for three, four days, whatever it is, to allow us to prepare and to get in there. It's amazing. And, and I love it. It's part of the reconciliation. I think, you know, there's different people making these efforts, which is really good, especially right now. I'm really excited. We're doing our first ever championship a division championship. So we've never done this. So for example, let's say you're a community and you submit two or three teams. Um, you're going to be put into a division that has other communities that submitted two or three teams. And we'll know this at the end of the registration, you know, or one to two to three, whatever. If you submitted five teams, you'll be in a community that submitted five or six teams, seven teams, uh, 10 teams, 15 teams, so on. I think 15 to 20 would be the most, I think. Um, but what's going to happen is if you win a gold medal in your division for your sport, you're going to get seven points. If you get silver, you get five. If you get three, you get bronze. If you didn't medal, but you just participated, you get one point. And so your community gets that. And look, and cross country is a really cool opportunity because it's an individual sport. So you can get a lot of participation points. So people listening out there, they can join in and do that. Um, doesn't cost for cross country. It's one race on the Monday. You can earn more points on that Monday for those that just stay, you just stay an extra day. If you were coming for the first half of the sports, stay that extra day Monday. Or if you're coming for the last half, stay that day in between. For those that are staying the whole time, you're fine. But try these other sports. They're really fun. You could take them home and, and, and maybe play some, some new sports. Um, but I'm really excited for this championship because if there's bad sportsmanship, bad sportsmanship to the player, other team, other coaches, referee, the, the coordinators, then they risk losing their points. So they could go and get the gold medal, but if they're bad sportsmanship, they lose seven points for their team. 
So it encourages positive uh, sportsmanship. But at the end, the winning team for each division will get a banner, a championship banner, like the high school ones that they'll come home and they can hang up in their community center. That's 2021 Alberta Indigenous Games division, this champions, second and third place will get banners. Um, we're getting a cup. We'll be able to uh, get their plaque on it, the cup, and then we'll have it back the next year and everyone battles for it. So I'm super excited for that aspect because that's going to be really fun. And it's also encouraging kids to sign up with their home communities. Um, those that have home communities in Alberta, because there's some all-star teams that we're forming, but now it's even bigger. It's you're playing for your team, but you're also playing for your community. That's a really special thing. So I, I'm super excited that. And we have uh, scouts coming out. I introduced myself to all the university coaches, college coaches, the coaches in BC for the college and universities in Saskatchewan. Uh, last time in 2019, we had a number of scouts out and coaches that recruited. Yeah, really excited. A word of warning as we go ahead in this interview, there will be mentions of the recoveries made at residential schools, the legacy of the residential school system, intergenerational trauma, and the social effects of that legacy. Please feel free to tune out now if you'd rather not be reminded of that. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or expand on before I let you go? Yeah, I, I guess I'd just like to say that for anyone else that may be listening to this, you know, to support our games, it's pretty special, the event. And if you know any Indigenous families, um, let them know about it. Just with everything that's been going on with the residential school, you know, children, um, Indigenous communities have known about that and, and known about the graves and known about what happened. Everybody's known. But now the non-Indigenous are starting to know. People, they're healing. There's still major trauma. People try to say, get over it. Well, you can't really get over it because people are living it. it. When you tear apart the family unit, which is the fundamental basis, like powerful unit and force in life, when you tear apart the family, it, it, nothing's good. It doesn't matter what race or anything you are. Um, when these kids got taken away from their homes and forced to learn a new language, you know, abused. And I can't, I try to put myself in that situation as a parent, having my kids taken away, or if I was a kid and, and then you try to tell someone that, Hey, this person did this to me and they don't believe, Oh, that's a outstanding priest or nun or whatever. How dare you say that? And, and then they, no one listens to you. I've heard so many stories. I have so many friends that lived through it and it's just heartbreaking. And then they, they go through that and then you return home. And a lot of times they didn't understand the same language. Um, as the parents anymore. So you can really connect. And then a lot in Edmonton and, and in bigger cities were dropped off on the streets. And a lot went to drug abuse and addictions and suicide. And, and then they end up having, you know, those that survived, they end and, and those that didn't, those guys are warriors, whether they were speaking their language still, whether they were wanting to get out, whether those kids were like, this is wrong. We don't know everything that happened. A lot got sick, didn't get the proper health care, but a lot were murdered. And I know it's, it's hard to say, but they were, and it's coming out now. And so today, I guess the biggest thing I just would like to say is um, to not judge, you know, the people, the unhomed rate and homeless rate is like so many times higher for indigenous people. Um, incarceration rates are so many times higher. There, there's a lot of things, uh, substance abuse, there's drugs getting in the communities. Our games are an opportunity for people to choose something good. And I just want to say that all the parents, all the coordinators, all the rec directors, the chiefs, the presidents, the council members of the indigenous communities that are stepping up and, and you're getting kids registered 
and you're organizing, you're holding tryouts, you're putting teams together to come to our games. I just want to say thank you and that you guys are all inspiring if, if you're hearing this um, because it is for that youth and to try to make it, you know, for the youth to have something positive. And we try to create those opportunities so that they can have a, a strong future and, and have a strong family and have strong children and grandchildren, you know, with their, you know, wholesome values and, and their traditional beliefs, you know, it's important, you know, culture is a major part of our games. We do a pipe ceremony every day and they say that to be well-balanced, an elder Francis Whiskey Jack told me once in a pipe ceremony, he said, you need to be well-balanced in the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual side of yourself. He said, if you do too much of one, then it throws off everything else. You can't be balanced or if you don't do one. And so it's important to do that. And it's important that we make sure our kids are being physically active, whether it's playing a sport or whether it's just being physically active, because then that enhances the overall self. And then with my other job, I work with the Indigenous Sport Council of Alberta. We create programming for adults that are year round. And a lot of these residential school survivors, they're healing. And there's a lot of services for mental and emotional and spiritual to help heal from the intergenerational trauma of residential schools and the 60s scoop and systemic racism but there's really not much for physical activity. There's not a lot. And so we at Indigenous Sport Council, Alberta, we create um, opportunities for adults of all ages because the healthier mom and dad is, the healthier Kokum and Musum is, the healthier their um, children and grandchildren will be. And then if they get their physical part as adults, because we don't, we're not kids anymore. We don't have recess. We don't get to run around and have unlimited sporting opportunities to get our endorphins going, which helps us mentally to think clearer and helps us emotionally be able to handle being a father, a parent, a spouse, a coworker, whatever it is and then help us spiritually connect to the creator. We don't have that. And so we create a lot of opportunities for adults with a lot of programs that we run. It's, it's the Indigenous Sport Council Alberta that allows them to get that physical aspect, which then enhances their mental, emotional, spiritual, which enhances those other services and programs that are out there for those other areas. And so that's an important part. And uh, ISCA is the acronym for that. And they're supporting AIG this year for the Alberta Indigenous Games and ISCA will be out at the games uh, and we'll have a booth and so look for ISCA too so I wear two hats and love seeing the orange and for anyone out there that's listening the best thing we can do is just support and learn about what happened and be empathetic and show love to any Indigenous friends, family, people that you see uh, and get to know their stories. There's some incredible stories of resiliency of people that have um, survived and, and are still going through that. And literally everything today where, where people are at, like my wife, she has, you know, she has several different grandparents um, and great grandparents that have gone through that and even has affected her today. And so when people say get over it, it's like, no, we're still living it. It's still, it wasn't just an event and it's gone. And so I guess I just really want to get that out there, <laughs> a little education for people to understand. Thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me a little bit about the Alberta Indigenous Games. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for reaching out. I, I love it. Hopefully this can, uh, you know, some people can hear and maybe get some more people to come join and be part of us. We also need a lot of volunteers and we're so grateful for all our volunteers. Go to our Facebook. We have the volunteer registration link. Um, we need volunteers and um, we need scorekeepers, timekeepers. We need helping with registration when they check in to get their swag. We need um, helping organizing different things. We need runners. We need updating scores. Click the link on our Facebook page. We have a volunteer form. Fill it out. And uh, it's great resume building experience. 
a great way to make connections. That's it for this week's episode of Achimowin. Big thanks to Jake Hendy for speaking with me about the upcoming Alberta Indigenous Games, which will be held from August 12th to 19th this year. The deadline for registration is coming up fast on July 30th. To view the sports schedule, register, learn more about volunteering, or potentially sponsor a game or event, you can go to albertaindigenousgames.ca or check out their Facebook page, Alberta Indigenous Games 2021. You can also find those details in the description of this episode. If you'd like to learn more about the Indigenous Sports Council of Alberta, you can also check out their website, indigenoussportsalberta.ca, or their Facebook, Indigenous Sports Council of Alberta. I'm your summer host, Shayna Giles, and our theme song is Come and Get Your Love by Redbone. Missed last week's episode or just want to give this one another listen? You can listen to this and every episode of Achimowin on the CJSR FM SoundCloud account in the Achimowin playlist. We're also available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and on achimowin.transistor.fm. I did want to mention that my time on Achimowin is coming to a close, and next week's episode will be my last. It won't be the end of Achimowin, just of my time on the show, and who knows what the future will hold. If you like the show and want us to keep it rolling, let us know on social media, at CJSR on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and I hope you have a great day and a relaxing weekend ahead.